Hey, what's up, gang? Cole right alongside my guy, Ryan Shazier, and our special guest, Kaylin Jones. And we're going to react today to the Doug Peterson firing, the Steelers collapse, and the future of a one Deshaun Watson. Later, we're going to make our picks for the divisional round, and all that and more is coming your way next, right here on this Wednesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right, welcome once again. It's the same show with a little different flair. This time around, it's the Wednesday edition of the Ringer NFL show. And I'm Cole Wright alongside my guys. It's former Pittsburgh Steeler and Ohio State Buckeye, Ryan Shazier. And uh, it's... Staff writer for The Ringer, it's our guy, Kalen Jones. You know him from the show. He's here almost every single week. And always remember that you can listen on Spotify and check out all the other Ringer NFL show podcasts. And you can do so five times a week. And uh, just in case you wanted to know, we have a big announcement. Because this weekend, immediately after that final divisional game on Saturday and Sunday, The Ringer NFL show will be going live and direct. So make sure you're subscribed to The Ringer's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Ringer, and following us at The Ringer NFL on Twitter. Saturday, it's Kevin Clark and Ryan Russillo. And then on Sunday, Kevin, he's pulling double duty. He's with Nora Princiati. And Thursday, it's going to have Sharp with Joe House giving their preview of the divisional weekend and their usual betting insights. All right, that's enough of that traffic. Some of the the roadmaps to the rest of the week. But in the meantime, we need to get down to business. We need to look ahead and reflect just a little bit. But before we get to those professional ranks, I mean, those Alabama Crimson Tide, Ryan, I I hate to say it, but there's no shame in falling to an absolute juggernaut, Nick Saban and Alabama. That that, that, that squad, they're as good as it gets. I thought this was the NFL show. (laughs) It is. I was just just tipping my cap to the Ohio State Buckeyes saying there's no shame. No, it's, it's cool. That's cool. I know you're trying to troll me, but it's, it, it is what it is. You know, man, we had a great year. You know, obviously with COVID, everything's going on. Um, Alabama was the better team that day. I honestly feel player for player. I think we were with those guys. I honestly feel like we were severely outcoached this game. You know, uh, it, 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 the Heisman Trophy winner was wide open all game. And I feel like it was just some of the schemes that they put us in. Uh, but, you know, that Alabama was the best team this year. They was the best team. They was number one going into the season. They was number one at the end of the season, man. And and um, I'm glad my guys got there. I was glad I was able to make the game. You know, I'm, I'm gonna support my Buckeyes no matter what. You know, I got Buckeye tatted on me. So I'm no matter what, man. I, I love my guys, and and um, I think uh, a lot of the guys from the Buckeyes might be more successful in the NFL anyway. So let's oh, get to this NFL stuff. They, they, you know what? You might have a good point there. I'm gonna get my researcher on top of that. And I wasn't trolling you about Ohio State. The trolling. That's going to come later in the show. It's going to stay you know, right around that same neck of the woods. It's going to cross state lines, but I'm, we're going to get to that sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, we're going to start in the Keystone State, but we're going to start with something that, Ryan, that you and I and Kayla, we all saw it coming, guys, but a lot of people, m- maybe they didn't. 
Doug Peterson given his walking papers as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, Caitlin, I'm going to start with you because, you know, we talked about it on prior podcasts right here on the show. And, you know, I think after going to the Super Bowl, maybe that victory bought him an extra year or two. But what we saw this season, I mean, the, the back and forth between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts and the indecision, Doug Peterson, it just really appeared as if he wasn't on the same page as Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah, no, you nailed it. Like, it, it didn't seem like Peterson, and that's really what the reports have been saying, that Peterson and the Eagles' management between uh, Roseman and Lurie, like, they just weren't on the same page. What uh, Peterson presented, you know, last week to the ownership was an idea, like a roadmap of how to get the Eagles back to the Super Bowl, or at least being a contending team, and ownership wasn't, you know, impressed. They ultimately said that, you know, this wasn't the direction they wanted to take the team in. Peterson said that he wanted, or at least it was reported by in report that, you know, Peterson wanted more power or at least, you know, being able to control or at least, you know, having some more decision-making uh, uh, authority, you know, within the Eagles, uh, you know, plan for the future. So ultimately it, ju- it just didn't work. You know, I saw a really good analogy from my guy, Ben Salak for SB Nation. And he, he described it as being like, you know, the Eagles are taking a dead appliance and trying to plug it into a different outlet, you know? Just because it might work, sure, it might it might change something, but the, it doesn't address the real problems, which is internal, where you have like frayed wires and stuff that you don't see. I think that there's a lot more to the Eagles situation that, you know, doesn't just have to do with Doug Peterson, the job that he was doing. He just got him the Super Bowl two years ago. It doesn't happen. It's super rare for a head coach to get fired. It hasn't happened since 1972, where a coach won a Super Bowl, then three years later got fired. It's insane. Yeah, Ryan, it's like the, the Philadelphia Eagles are over there trying to put uh, batteries in the fridge. Like, hold on a second. Let's put, put them in the freezer. That, that, there's still a little <laughs> bit of extra juice left in those. And, you know, when Doug Peterson went went to ownership and the Eagles brass with that, ga- that game plan, that roadmap for the future, you know, you talk about gifts and memes and all that. I just think uh, uh, of uh, Day Day from uh, what's Friday after next when he's a security <laughs> guard, top flight of the world. It's just that when he's top sitting back, he's like, world, nah, nah, nah. I, 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 could, I could see Howie Roseman sitting in that meeting right now. Uh, Doug, nah, nah, man, that's not, no. Uh, we're, we're not, we're, we're uh, not going with that. We're not going with that. We're going to send you to HR to talk about that severance package. To me, this is what I'm trying to fail to realize. How are guys that's constantly being unsuccessful Starting to ask for more power. Like, you're losing. You can't ask for more power. You have to be winning, then <laughs> ask for more power. Like, you can't be going in the opposite direction and then, hey, man, this isn't my fault. Let me get some more power. No, it doesn't work that way. To me, uh, honestly, think Doug Peterson is a good coach. I think that the situation that happened with him in the Wentz and the, and the uh, Hurts situation, I think that it really – just kind of scared ownership. They just felt like he had no decision making. He was indecisive and they probably wanted somebody that had a clear cut direction of where they see the future going. And he probably, he probably wanted to do like a two quarterback system. I'm not going to guess, but I did see that they, he was going to be on some Miami Flores type of thing. And, and I don't think that was going to work over there in, in, uh, for the Eagles. But I, I could definitely see him getting a, another head coaching job extremely fast though. I, I don't see him falling off that fast because when we look at all these candidates, I think he goes right back and be jumps right back into one of the top candidates as a as a coach compared to some of these offensive coordinators. He has the experience. Obviously, the last two seasons hasn't been going as well as he would like him to. But the last two seasons, the Eagles, they feel like they have the worst injuries 
compared to anybody else in the league. It's like they're always going through injuries too. So um, I think I think he's going to get another head coaching job. But I think the fact that he's just indecisive with his decision making with the quarterbacks just drove him off the rail. And that's why he out of there. Ryan, what do you think? Do you think he can get one of the current vacancies? Is it going to be through this cycle or maybe will he have to wait until next year? Because in addition to his job, there, there's seven openings right now. It, it, there's seven openings right now. And the, and the thing is, his first his first few years at the Eagles were, were, were damn good. So, you know, once he get a new team, if he get a young quarterback, I feel like he could go in and establish the offense that he wants to run. If he gets a team that has any type of offense on it, and and doesn't get derailed by injuries, I think I think he could do well. I honestly think he could do well in the uh, with the Chargers. I don't, you know, I, I think that they have a good offense. Their defense, you know, is is up and down sometimes. But I feel like he has a young quarterback. He has a quarterback that that's proven. A quarterback, not proven, but he you, you already he has a bright. He has a lot of potential. He has the receivers. He has the weapons. I think he can go there and actually excel at at, at the Chargers, me personally. Um, and I know we have a lot of head coaching candidates, but he's somebody that's proven he's he's got a uh, he's got a, a Super Bowl before. It's a lot of coaches that's been coaching for a long time that haven't got a Super Bowl, you know. And obviously, he can lead a team there. You need a quarterback that can lead you there, also. But he led his team there, and and I think I think he can do it again. I just think I feel like. Him and the Eagles weren't going to work out anymore just because of the way he handled this last year. Kalen, what do you say, man? Where's the best fit for Doug Peterson right about now? Is it the Chargers? Would it would it be maybe the Jets or the Falcons, the Lions? What say you? Man, that's a really good question because I'm not sure, you know, like which of these openings are really, you know, really suited for. Maybe Atlanta. I, I mean, you. I, I don't know if he wants to go through, you know, building up another quarterback. Again, I think you need somewhere, again, where you have an established guy. Maybe you have a guy waiting in the wings. Like, if you go to Jacksonville or New York, you're starting over with the young cat. And uh, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting, though, to see, like, where he ends up. Because this is a guy with an offensive background, so it would make sense that, you know, you have New York and Jacksonville that are going to be inheriting, uh, you know, uh, presumably to the first two quarterbacks in the draft this year. So, I mean, you can see him fit there. But uh, I think that I could see him landing back as an offensive coordinator, too. I wouldn't be shocked at that either. Like, if he found a way to, you know, pick up an offensive coordinating job and then phasing back in the head coaching position. But, you know, like Ryan said, this is a guy who won a Super Bowl two years ago. Like, he, he knows, at least has shown that he can have success when everything is breaking right and you have a talented roster. It just, I think that there's just been too many different issues with Philadelphia that led to his departure. Yeah, Ryan, what do you th- what do you think about this one though? Because now they're it, they've, I don't know if they've hired a, a, a search firm or if they're uh, you know do, out there doing their due diligence trying to bring in that that new head coach. But you know they, they need to find a new head coach, and uh, there's also some question marks when it comes to the quarterback position because what looked like it was 100 percent you know Jalen Hurts' job then looked like it was Carson Wentz's, and th- then you never really knew 100 percent which side of the fence Doug Peterson was on when it came to his play caller. You know, I, I thought originally he was a Carson Wentz guy, but from everything that I've, I've taken away from what Ian Rappaport has reported and put out there in the media, and from everything I've heard from inside the city of brotherly love, it appears that you know their their quarterback situation. It's not going to get any easier with a new head coach coming in because it looks like Carson Wentz, he's going to be the quarterback of the future. But Jalen Hurts, he looks to be the quarterback who can get you wins. Uh, so are you saying that the ownership wants Carson Wentz to be the quarterback? That's that's everything. Yep. All these reports are saying Carson Wentz will still be 
in Philadelphia. And the, the, the biggest sticking point was his relationship with Doug Peterson. I, I didn't think that was how it was going down because originally it seemed that Doug Peterson was a Carson Wentz guy and he was reluctant to put Jalen Hurts in there. But that's, I, I guess, what do I know? Whoever comes in, they're going to have a dilemma because obviously Jalen Hurts started getting to you these wins at the end of the season. And Carson, before he could produce you wins, this year he he just – he he was just a totally different animal. I don't know what what happened. He just had a terrible year. Um, but I think that the next quarterback that comes in, I mean, the next coach that comes in, he's just going to have a quarterback competition. Whoever whoever does well, you know, Carson Wentz might have to play a little bit of extra preseason. Jalen Hurts might have to play a little bit of extra preseason. But I think the guys who are going to come in going to make them to fight for the job. Whoever wins it at the beginning of the season, he's gonna ride it out. And if they're winning or they're losing, if they start slipping down, then he's gonna he's gonna go to the next one. I can see why the ownership would want to keep Wentz because if you trade off Wentz, it's probably a a crazy cap hit too. And you know, I don't I I think when it comes to money, and you invested so much money into one guy, it's gonna be extremely hard to get him off your books. And when it comes to ownership, I I can see when it start becoming business more than football. You know, so. Uh, Jalen Hurst is getting you these wins, but if this guy, you know, he has a $20 million, $30 million cap hit, $40 million cap hit, then sometimes you, you're going to be like, hey, we're going to have to ride it out because this is the same guy that the whole city wanted us to pay and wanted to be here and wanted to be our franchise. You know, so uh, I can see it's, it's going to be tough. You know, I if, if they get a defensive-minded head coach in there, I think he's going to be one to focus on trying to get these wins. I think they get an offensive head, a minor head coach in there. He's going to be the guy to try to figure out which is going to be the best quarterback to fit my system and, and get these wins. So I think that just depending on whatever coach gets in there and his mindset going into the win, going into the game. I know at the end of the day, both coaches are trying to get these wins, but an offensive minor head coach like from the Bills, uh, Arthur, Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, Smith, Tennessee. Yeah. Smith is Tennessee, but yeah, but Brian Dable and Smith, both of them have quarterbacks that people did not believe much in at, at the beginning of the year. And now both of them are doing really well. You know, so I think those are two guys that could go in and think about, hey, Carson, everybody doubted him. We could probably turn it around. While if you bring a guy that's more focused on defense and more focused on just strictly, hey, we got to go out here and get this W and it doesn't matter how we get it, that's going to be the guy, type of guy that's just going to have him have a quarterback battle. And if, if Hurst win, that's our quarterback. If Wentz win, that's our quarterback. But I think he's going to focus on more getting the win than trying to develop a new quarterback. Absolutely. Kalen, what do you think? What's the best option when it comes to head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles? Because he's going to have his hands full when it comes to selecting that, that next quarterback. Yeah, no, you know, Ryan, Ryan made a really good point. Like, you know, you get a head coach who's proven to take somebody, you know, a quarterback like Josh Allen, like really a Ryan Tannehill situation. That's why I think I lean towards Arthur Smith a guy who's, you know, taken, you know, a guy who, you know, has shown flat, had shown flash of talent in Miami, but really didn't have that much success. But then you get Arthur Smith running the ship and all of a sudden, you know, Ryan Tannehill is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL all of a sudden. So I think that's a really good option. Um, You know, we've seen, you know, like guys like Luke Fickle's name thrown around. There aren't too many, you know, like when you look at the Eagles situation, especially because, you know, considering they're going to be, you know, roughly nearly $60 million over the cap. You have several guys like Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Darius Slay, Malik Jack, like a lot of other players and even Jason Kelsey all over 30 years old. So it's like an old roster. It's not a really favorable situation. And then like you guys just mentioned, you have Carson Wentz. Like, what do you do with that? So uh, I, I think it's 
not the best situation to step into, but if you get someone who can, you know, kind of rejuvenate Carson Wentz and get him back to that Super Bowl MVP-ish level that he's playing at a few seasons ago, you might have something there, but we'll see. Yeah, the the, uh, the Eagles are like the old dudes standing outside trying to get in the club. Like, hold on a second, man. Like, uh, this 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 is a different crowd for you. That was that was just yeah. a few years ago. The few years ago was that Super Bowl. Doug Peterson, uh, you, you have to go. That's essentially what was handed down. Now, you talked about uh, just all these different cap hits when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, fellas. But what about the cap hit that Ben Roethlisberger presents next season for the Pittsburgh Steelers? If I'm not mistaken, Kalen, $41 million if he's still on the roster and plays next year, but that's here nor there because I, I really want, I'm going to let Ryan gather his thoughts and, and get things together because I know this is a sore spot, a tough subject for him, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, w- what happened? I mean, the, the, from the very onset of the game, we know that the, that the Cleveland Browns, they jumped him in the back alley. It was like a street fight from the very beginning, man. Yeah, no, that I think you nailed it on the head. Like that, they, the Browns jumped on him. Like it, it came down to turnovers because obviously the first touchdown of the game, you know, that that was literally on the first play. So you're in a hole if you're Pittsburgh. But then, you know, Ben Roethlisberger throws those three picks in the first half. And, you know, those turnovers lead to short fields. Cleveland scored on a 46-yard drive and then a 15-yard drive. Uh, and three out of those first four scores, you're up 28 nothing in the blink of an eye in the first quarter. And Pittsburgh just didn't have enough juice to come back into the game, unlike that matchup against the Colts a few weeks ago, which it, it's really strange because, you know, with Mason Rudolph under or behind center, like just a few weeks ago, you know, they, they were within one possession of the Browns, like going in a must win game for Cleveland, but to get blown out at home the way that they did, that was shocking. That was really, really shocking. And Absolutely. I think the turnovers early on dug them a hole. Yeah. Ryan, have you, have you seen the Jamie Foxx stand-up comedy routine before? I might need security. <laughs> he talks about, he goes on the, on the expedition when, when he's, he's in Africa shooting yeah. Muhammad Ali, the Muhammad Ali document or movie rather. And, and he says that he's on the safari and he has a tour guide. And next thing you know, the tour guide gets eaten by a lion and he's on the camcorder. He's like, Mary Sue Ellen, here I am in the belly of the beast. That lion jumped on me. And that's exactly what happened. The, the Cleveland Browns, they were that line. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were that tour guy. And, and the Cleveland Browns, well, they jumped on them. There they are in the belly of the beast. They, they couldn't come back after that, man. No, it's just this one, is it's, it's a combination of a few things. You know, one thing I'm going I'm to I'm talk about is, man, obviously I love my guy Juju, but Juju, he put a lot of pressure on the team. You know, and this is what people fail to realize. And people I know, and this is a generation we're in. Everybody chose each other. Everybody talks shit to each other. But one thing that coach always said, and I kind of always respected it was like, man, don't add fuel to the fire. You know, with the Browns, you know, they had a lot of guys out. They didn't have their coach. But the fact, you know, you saying the Browns are the Browns and this and this and you know, people are going to add more fuel to the fire. You know, they were just suspected, hey, we just want to win our first playoff game. But now when you're saying, hey, you guys are the same trash-ass team that you guys been for the tw- 27 years, if you say something like that, that's 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 pride now. That's pride. You know what I'm saying? And when, when you're saying something like that, then now a guy is like, it's more about, it's less about football, it's more about whooping your ass now. You know what I'm saying? Like, because me as a man... Man, what, what, here he goes. Here he goes. I'm just saying, it's it's, it's 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 more about it's more about man, like my pride. It's like you you basically saying you're better than me. I'm not good anymore. And w- when you're doing that type of stuff, it makes guys want to come out there and, and, and tear your head off, you know. And 
you know, and I think that's what the Browns did. You seen after the game, they're saying, oh, we're the same old Browns. They started doing juju dance and everything because they started trolling them because at the end of the day, you added pressure to, you added pressure to yourself. You added pressure to the team, you know, um, and I think, I think that was tough. And it doesn't help that, you know, we, we, we start off with those three turnovers. Those three turnovers really put us in, 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 in terrible position. And they already have a really good offense. I know they didn't have their guard, but everybody else on their offense is damn good. You know, like, obviously they don't have Odell, but they're, they're still good. They're one of the best running teams in the league. And Nick Chubb is probably one of the best running backs in the league, like I said before. And, you know, you just can't you can't put yourself in a hole like that. When you have a team that runs the ball uh, really well, and then once you give them confidence uh, before the game, you give them confidence saying that you know you're you're already better than them. Then you give them confidence to be up twenty one zip in the first quarter. Man, it's almost it's it's almost you know just lighting the fire even more. You know, so I, it was it was really tough for me to watch. You know, I love my guys, man, but. It, we, we really put ourselves in some bad situations before the game and once the game started. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Kalen, what, what about that punt? I mean, it just seems so out of character, just very un-Mike Tomlin-esque for him to punt. I don't know if that was part of his game plan and, and thinking that maybe something would materialize from that, but it, it just didn't seem like they were playing to win from the very beginning. I don't know if, if that early touchdown in, in the first five seconds of the game you know, was, was a gut punch, but it seemed like it threw Coach Tomlin off. Yeah, no, and, and honestly, that that's kind of a 
Mike Tomlin thing. He does like tend to punt, but at the same time, like the situation was fourth and one, their own 46, right, right near midfield, down by 12 with 15 minutes left in the game. You know, my favorite football cliche is control what you can control. So, you know, when, when a football coach decides, you know, hey, I'm going to punt the football instead of taking the game, you know, into your own hands. And especially considering that Pittsburgh had scored on four straight drives leading into that drive, it, it, it really confuses me when you see football guys who say, I'm going to control what I can control. Well, this is the thing in football, you can't control the game without the football. Like, I, I don't care how great, you know, the Steelers defense had played to that point. Your offense had been rolling. You need those 12 points to make it within, you know, one possession game with, you know, literally 15 minutes left on your season. Why give up your opportunity to control your own destiny? And then, you know, the Browns went right back down in 80 yards and scored a touchdown on the very following drive. Like, it, it was really confusing. And it's unfortunate that you see coaches, especially this past week, and make those decisions in big moments. But it, it just it blows my mind because the, the football cliche, that's my favorite one. Like, control what you control. Do what you can do. Score the ball if you can. <laughs> yeah, and and Ryan to, to see that you know like like Kalen brought up you know they had scored on their four previous possessions and for, for them to punt the ball away and you know take some wind out of their sails. I mean, think about it. If, if they go for it on fourth and one and they get that and they score again and they cut into that twelve point deficit, then hold on a second, you got yourselves a whole new ball game. Say that if they even go for two and then it's a, it's it's an even closer game. I mean, who knows? And, and to to see that. It's almost like, you know, they like control what you can control. They had the ball in their hands and, and they couldn't get it done. To me, I think, you know, Coach Tomlin seeing that the game was getting close. He, he's always a defensive guy. He's always going to believe in his defense. And me, me personally, I think that he felt the defense could get a stop, give him a short field, get back down there. But I definitely feel in that situation, coach should have went for it. You know, uh, a lot of times I don't, I don't question coaches' decision making, you know, because I, I just know him personally. But, you know, sometimes people make mistakes. And I think that he really felt that the defense was going to go out there and, uh, get a three and out or, or have, uh, force a short field and then get his offense back to the ball. The Browns got it and drove it right down the field and scored a touchdown. You know, that kind of put the hammer in the nail in the hammer right there. But, uh, I think that was his thinking. I think he was thinking the defense would go down there. They were playing well, shut them out. Not shut them out, but just get get three and out or uh short force a short field. And, you know, sometimes things don't things don't go the way you want them. But like you said, Kenan, man, if if you uh don't have the ball, it's kinda hard to control things. You know, the defense can play well, but you know, it could be a, a turnover, I mean, it could be a uh it could be a penalty, it could be anything, it could be Anything to just force another first down and and give them the, give them the ball a little bit longer, and I think uh, I think that won't really hurt us. Yeah, it's almost like the Steelers they they were they were the the master sensei, and they said, "Okay, snatch the pebble." And Cleveland was like, "Oh, oh we weren't we weren't ready. I didn't say go yet." And they they, they like we said that game was it, it escalated so quickly. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't even really have a time to gather their bearings. And when when you look at Ben, he, he was sloppy with the ball. You know, the turnovers, the interceptions, you know, very un-Roethlisberger-like. But we know that, you know, when it comes to monetary compensation, Kane, we talked about it at the top of the show. I mean, $41 million if he comes back next season and, and even $21 million, if I'm not mistaken, if he doesn't play next year. Yeah, that that's tough. And, you know, Roethlisberger, for him, he's been... You know, since 2017, you know, he's been publicly, you know, kind of stating that he's not, he hasn't been sure if he's been able to stay healthy or 
whether he's still got it. He's been openly questioning that. And, you know, when you look at the statistics, a lot of career lows and especially like yards per attempt and then averaged up the target this year. And he literally led the league or at least was among the league leaders in you know, time, uh, time between, you know, getting the ball out of his hands. So, you know, it's just been a complete, you know, transformation for Ben. And, you know, it really makes you question whether or not the COs can continue with them moving forward. He's 38 years old. And then at the same time, that roster, they're losing their left tackle, Alejandro Villanueva, the free agency. James Conner is a free agent. Bud Dupree is a free agent. Juju Smith is a free agent. But, you know, they might be able to replace him because they already have Claypool and Deontay Johnson. They've worked them out at the outside already, kind of phasing him out. But it's going to look different potentially for for Pittsburgh next year. And it really comes down to whether or not they decide to you know roll with Ben Roethlisberger moving forward. Ryan, I'd ask you, is Big Ben going to come back? But uh, if, if I was Ben, there would be no question if I was coming back. $41 million? Uh, of, of course. I'll be back. You'll see me day one. I'll be there with bells on. I'm, I'm going to be even in, in the in the kitchen in Latrobe. I'm going to be cooking things up for, for the guys. Hey, what do you? who wants some cheese in that omelet? You want some ham, some peppers too? Come on through for $41 nah, million. I'm going to so, be there. So, so I don't think it's $41 million. So even if Ben retires to $20 million cap hit, you said? I, I believe it's $21 million if he retires. But if he comes back and plays, that Kayla, correct it's me if I'm wrong. Yes, it's a $21 million. Yes, it's a cap 41 million cap hit he'll earn 19 million next season so he gets a 15 million roster bonus than the 4 million base salary so yeah yeah no nah, so it's, which is it's crazy to me obviously and this is what i i think i spoke about this before on a, on a podcast I, I i love ben but i think football guys should start getting paid like basketball guys where it's more off of your performance and how good you are in the league than your position you know because at the end of the day quarterbacks um like Ben making forty one million, I me mean, has a forty one million dollar cap hit. Obviously, that's crazy, but I feel like his guys just as good on our team as Ben are are around the league, and you know, which is which is a whole different topic. But at the end of the day, if I was Ben, I I, I had this talk with Michelle. I was like, man, I love Ben to death, and you know, it may it may be time, you know, it may be time for him to retire, maybe not, you know. But I said, Michelle, if I had twenty one million next year, what would you want me to do? She was like. Uh, you know, but we already have a lot of money. I'm like, Michelle, we have $200 million in the bank, and I have $21 million coming next year. What do you want me to do? She's like, uh, I don't know. You want to I might want you to play. All right. All right, dude. All right. If my wife said that, I think Ben's thinking that, too. I think the thing that's going to really talk to Ben, I mean, really going to, you know, I think Ben's going to really have a talk with, you know, Mr. Rooney, Kevin, uh, Mike, and just really say, hey, man, um, is if if my body's feeling good and I think I can play another year, this is gonna be my last one, my 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 uh, fair go, my farewell tour, and you know. But if, if not, you know, then it, we, Ben gave us a great, great, you know, what seventeen seasons, man. He he led us to two super, with three Super Bowls. He won two of them. We've been to a lot of AFC championships. We've been to a lot of playoffs. We've never had a losing season, man. That's a Hall of Fame quarterback right now, and I, I think people just gotta really appreciate that. Uh, a funny thing that my friend had said, and uh, I think I think this you guys will laugh at this one because I know we this is the guy we're talking about in the next topic. He was like, "Would you trade two first rounders and Ben Roethlisberger for Deshaun Watson?" Absolutely, two no, first rounders, <laughs> two first rounders. Absolutely, that's it. <laughs> no, but see, first of all, I wouldn't trade Ben in, in, in the city of Pittsburgh. We're not trading Ben. I know that. Mm-hmm. I, I said I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but but my friend was like, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'm like, obviously you're not a Pittsburgh fan, you know. But I just I was like, man, that's, a, that's a, but I was like, you're not going to trade, you know, your franchise guy, in in 
And it's still going to be a $41 million cap hit if you go somewhere else. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you're not going to trade your franchise guy in his last year, to. in his last year, you know. But I, but but we do need to start thinking about a successor for Ben or if if Ben does think about changing, if if, if Deshaun comes to Pittsburgh, man, that could be nasty. Well, I, I don't know if I put two first rounders, but I'd at least throw one in the mix and Ben Roethlisberger. Then you get Houston back with a, a first round pick in the draft if, if that's the way they want to go. Because we know what what happened with Bill O'Brien when he was trying to wheel and deal and pretty much just went out there and got himself fired. But you know, at the end of the day, you're looking at Deshaun Watson and thinking, okay, you know, what what does he value more? Does he value his relationship with his teammates more than he dislikes? the brass and the management who pretty much set this team on the road to destruction at the beginning of the season. I mean, where does he stand right now? Because Ryan, by the looks of it, it seems to be a slippery slope for Deshaun Watson. And who knows if he's ever going to find the success that he had once upon a time at Clemson with the Texans. Does he need to go somewhere else? Would the Pittsburgh Steelers or maybe another team, would that be an ideal landing spot for for D. Watson? So me knowing the Steelers and being here for a while, I know they're not going to ever trade two first round picks for one player. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> that that's just not there. That's, that's, just that's not. why they win. They don't do stupid <laughs> stuff. That's why they win. All the teams who do ridiculous stuff. Hey, I'll give you this for that. No, no, no. That, that's why you so, never won a Super Bowl. They're they're not that type of team to do that because they feel that it's so many players valuable. It's so many valuable players. You know, Deshaun is very valuable. You know what he is. If he has a a a, a top five defense, he's probably Super Bowl ready right now. You know, but I don't think it's that slippery or slow for Deshaun because. First of all, if you feel somebody is your franchise, like Mahomes, Deshaun, out of young quarterbacks, is Mahomes, then Deshaun, but they're not, they're not as close, you know, but, you know, I'm, uh, they're close, but, you know, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. How close would you say Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen are, at least this season, the, right now? Let me say, Deshaun is better than Josh Allen. Okay. Deshaun is better than Josh Allen. Josh Allen had a better team, but Deshaun is better than Josh Allen. Okay, I mean, great. And, and uh, but Josh Allen is really good, hmm. but jo- but he's better than Josh Allen. And and he's okay, always- I don't want to jump in and play devil's. But how about okay? I'm gonna do another one: Deshaun Watson <laughs> or Kyler Murray. Deshaun. Oh, Deshaun. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but Kyler's still young. But but I'm taking yeah, Deshaun. I was 23. I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking Deshaun. But the thing is, the reason the reason I, I feel like out of young quarterbacks is this, is Mahomes obviously, then Deshaun, and. I feel if somebody's going to be your franchise and you feel like this guy is Super Bowl ready if he has a defense. If he's Super Bowl ready, he has a defense and you say, hey, hey, in our next head coach, we obviously know you're going to be here. In our next head coach and GM, we're going to talk to you about it and figure out how to make this all work together so we can win. At least talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not going to talk to him, if you're just going to say something and then don't do it, Man, now I don't trust you. If I don't trust you, like it doesn't matter who you bring in, I don't trust them. You know, and now I don't I don't want to be here. And Deshaun's like, man, I'm good enough. He has leverage. A lot of a lot of NFL players don't have leverage. Deshaun has amazing leverage. One, they have no first round draft picks. Two, do they have a second round draft pick? I don't know if they have a second round draft pick. <laughs> Their cupboards are bare. <laughs> so 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 now, so basically he's like. Y'all can't even bring in help to help me. If y'all do, y'all have to go to free agency, and that's going to be a crazy number trying to get a guy. Secondly, secondly, man, I don't, I don't want to be here, and, and and we're not winning. I'm not about to waste my life and my time here, 
and you guys don't even. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to rebuild. This is my what, fifth year, fourth year. I'm not trying to rebuild. I'm trying to. I'm trying to win now. Let's win now. And, yeah. And, and and y'all are in. And Houston's in a rebuild stage right now. They have. They have really no good pieces. Like they, I'm not going to tell nobody not good. They have no good pieces. You know what I'm saying? Like they have no really good pieces. So basically, Deshaun's like, man, I'm trying to win now. And the best thing I'm going to do for y'all is at least get y'all some first round picks and get y'all somebody back that y'all can rebuild with. Yeah. So I feel I, like it's not, I don't feel like it's that slippery for him. And he can actually go somewhere that he, I don't think he has as much leverage as where he want to go, mm-hmm. but I feel that he can help the team get at least something back good for him. I feel like we can lift this segment. And then every time, Ryan, you said Deshaun put in James right there. And it's the same conversation with James Harden, the Houston Rockets. Things in Houston not going great right now. And with Deshaun (laughs) and the way things are spinning out of control with that team, Kalen, does he stay with the Texans? Is he the the Houston Texans quarterback next season or do we see him elsewhere? No, I think the only way that he could get traded, you know, everyone, you know, we're just talking about right now with the steel. It's like, that's not going to happen. Like I, It'd be nice to see Deshaun Watson leave Houston, but the only realistic trade partner that is available right now is the Miami Dolphins, where, you know, you would trade maybe two and then package a bunch of first round picks, you know, which the Texans literally traded to to the Dolphins <laughs> a few years ago, which would be stupid. But um, yeah, that that's the only real realistic trade scenario. So yeah, I think Watson's kind of stuck in this. And, you know, when he signed that deal earlier this year, it's like it was cool because Man, this young black dude's getting his money. Young black quarterback, franchise dude, getting his money. Four years, $156 million. But at the same time, he was signing himself, you know, to being stuck with Houston. And I think a lot of us kind of overlooked the fact that, hey, he's kind of stuck in this dysfunctional organization because you can make a laundry list, really, of a, of a timeline of all these hiccups and weird you know, decision-making from the front office there, whether it's been Cal McNair, you know, comparing the players to inmates or, you know, Bill O'Brien having too much power and trading away first-round picks, trading away uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, them not resigning Clowney. Did he get paid before Hopkins left or after? He got paid after, yeah. And so that's the thing. There's just been too many missteps for me to really appreciate, you know, Houston being able to retain Deshaun Watson. It's a great decision, but there's just too much happening outside of Deshaun Watson to where, you know, it, it you know, I, I don't know how, you know, what the potential of his career is while he's there. He'll be out by the time he's 29, but I don't know would how you, we get out of it. Would you, would you trade, if you're Jacksonville, would you trade your first round for Deshaun? Oh, Absolutely. I'd trade two, three first-round picks for Deshaun. Oh, four or five. That's the thing. He's a quarterback. Whoa, whoa. So, see, quarterback. four or five first-round picks? Okay. Uh, three, four? Kalen Jones, the next general manager of the New York Jets. I mean, you, you can't yeah, do oh. things like that because then it puts you in such a, a rut uh, no. moving forward. Kalen, but who is your favorite team? Who is your favorite team? They must trade oh, a lot. Oh, gr- oh no. See, now I'm, you're setting me up. So, I grew up a Raiders fan. Now, now see, you're yeah, going to be yeah, like... It make, it's making sense. It's making sense. They, they, make, they make a lot of crazy decisions. Because good teams don't just trade five first round picks for one. Okay, maybe not five. I'm being hyperbolic. Yeah. Three, 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 absolutely. Four, maybe. Kalen's no, so, that dude who's going to the combine and saying, "Hey, what did he run in in the forty? A four two? Uh, it, he doesn't even play stop, football. Let's take stop. him anyway. Let's nope, take him nope. anyway." Yeah, that's a discussion for another day. Y'all have me ranting about 
John Gruden da- and Mike Mayock. Da- Darius Hayward Bay. We're going to go back to that one. Or just hey, guys who are just playing over fast. I love the HP. We know he can run. That 40 time made him go a few ticks higher. And as, as we know, all right, guys, we know that uh, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans and, and not a playoff team, especially not this weekend in the divisional round. But there are some pretty intriguing games. And even though that some of the ratings for Super Wildcard Weekend were down, maybe it was just a little oversaturation. Maybe it was the fact that the the really the only game that you, you wanted to see was that Pittsburgh Cleveland game because they were bumping heads. And those were two teams that had such a, a storied past and checkered history. But looking at Saturday and Sunday, it's like I, I, I didn't mean to rehash that, Ryan. I see you shaking your head at me, man. I was I wasn't trying to do that. I was no, trying I'm to get just, us I'm to just, this weekend. I'm just, I'm just reading something over here. No, I'm oh, okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to get us to Saturday <laughs> because that's Rams and Packers and Ravens and Bills. And if you know, I'm I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna make my picks on these first two games first. I'm gonna let you guys follow suit. But I mean, Green Bay. I mean, they're the business end of a hammer right about now. I mean, they, I, I have them as the team that will represent the NFC versus the Kansas city chiefs in the super bowl. So I'm going Packers over the Rams and you know, I'm going to go Ravens over the bills. I'm just have to, going to have to go with a, a little bit more of the experience with Lamar Jackson and just his abilities to just to make things happen late in the game with his legs. I'm going Ravens. I'm going Packers that those are my Saturday picks. Ryan, who you going with, man? I'm going to go with Packers because you just never know the weather in green Bay and they're coming from LA. Obviously they play, you know, in the cold and stuff like that. But I just think in these moments when Aaron Rodgers has home field advantage, he's just a whole different animal. So uh, I think that they got one of the best receivers in the NFL right now on their team with Aaron Rodgers, probably the MVP candidate, I mean, MVP front runner. I, I think he, uh, they're going to, they're going to seal the deal and, and get that one. The, the, the Ravens, this was this was a tough one for me, it, man. It's because, tough. Yeah. Because with the Bills, man, it's like you watch them play football, and you're like, man, like they're a really good team. But then you look at the pieces, you're like, how are they a good team? You know what I'm saying? But they are a good team. You know, like Cole Beasley was what second team All Pro. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like Cole Beasley. Like you know, so it, it's just Great like name. You never, Great name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beasley. You're right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, but it's just you know, I you know he he's a great player, you know, and they got the first team all pro with Stephon Diggs, you know, they they they're really they're really cooking with gas, but right now the Ravens are on fire, you know. So uh, if, if they can stop Lamar, I think I think the Bills can get him. I, I think the Bills are gonna slip out and, and, and get this W though. I think they're gonna slip out and get this W. Wow. Okay. I'm thinking that Lamar Jackson, the only thing that that you can really stop him with is a Kansas City offense because Lamar Jackson he, he's going to get his. This we know, but Kansas City, we know how they they score immediately, if not soon. Kalen, who you got? You got Rams versus the Packers and Ravens at the Bills. Uh, you got to pick two winners on Saturday, man. Yeah, no, I think the Packers Rams game is game is going to be closer than people are expecting it to because the Rams defense is absurd and Brand Staley is probably going to be a head coach. But um, you know, I, I still got the Packers. I think that Lafleur and what you know the Packers offense has done this season, it's going to be a little bit too much. Um. And then, it, you know, like you guys have been saying, like the Ravens-Buffalo game, I, I think I'm barely leaning Buffalo, but that's only because of what they were able to do in terms of slowing down, you know, the Colts' run game. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to slow down Lamar Jackson consistently. I think it could be end up being a shootout, but like Ryan was talking about, when you look at the Bills roster, they got five deep at receiver, like Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, um, Josh Brown, like that, that 
that's lethal. I, I think Josh Allen is, you know, rounding in the form. So I, I'm going to take Buffalo. Okay. All right. Let's move on to Sunday. Browns and Chiefs, Bucks and Saints. I'm going Chiefs. Obviously, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I picked them at the beginning of the season. And then, you know, as, as crazy as it sounds, I'm, I'm going Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome because uh, as tough as it is to beat a team three times in one season, I think if you leaned on the numbers, Ryan, you see that that doesn't usually happen. And Tom Brady, oh, by the way, is a sidebar. He's never lost to a team three times in his entire career, so I don't think it's going to happen this weekend. He never lost to a team three times in his entire career. In, in one season. Oh, never. I was about to say, what? Yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> I'm like, man, what, what kind of record does he have? All right, no, nah, but I'm going, I'm going with the Chiefs for the whole day. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like, like Chase Claypool said, no matter what, they're going to get clapped. So uh, even though <laughs> – even though uh, Chase, like, you lost, bro. We got to just eat it. We lost. It is what it is. You know, don't yeah, worry who, about the Browns. I, I, whoever would have won that one would have probably gone on and, and and took one on the chin versus Kansas City anyhow. But no, I'll we, let you go. The, the Steelers would have played the Bills, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, uh, but I, I really – I think the Chiefs going to get that one. I think it's just too much offense uh, and not enough Browns defense. Uh, and then I, is Denzel Ward going to be able to play? Yeah. But he just came playing? off the – yeah. All right, cool. Because I was like, if he doesn't play, it's definitely gonna be too much offense. Um, with the Tampa Bay, I just don't see I don't see Tom Brady losing three times in a row to the team, like you said. I I really want to see the Saints advance, man. I really want to see them in the Super Bowl. But and and I think this is Drew Brees' last year. But I think it's just I think they got too much firepower in the in the in the Tampa Bay is really figuring stuff out at the right time. So uh I think Tampa Bay is gonna is gonna advance to the NFC championship. Yeah, it's almost like there were all those 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 people out there who were saying, "Oh, Tom Brady," and the, you know when there were some hiccups going on down there in Tampa. You know, we, we just didn't really know one hundred percent. You know what was next for that team, and and can Tom Brady and Bruce Aarons can they put things together? But lo and behold, they've rounded into form, and then things have finally taken shape. And uh, that, that's that's the team that nobody really wants to see. I, I mean, you know that the Saints, Caitlin, they have plenty of confidence right now, but it. You're, you're facing off against Tom Brady. I mean, that man has a, an entire room just for his Super Bowl hardware. <laughs> yeah, no, and I looked it up, Cole. Like it, in Tom Brady's career, he's only lost more than three times to the Broncos, the Chiefs five times, the Dolphins twelve times, the Jets seven times. Everyone else, he's only lost to three times or less. That's absurd. Anyway, Dolphins twelve times. That's crazy. Yeah, he lost. I mean, intro the video. He beat him twenty three times. <laughs> That's why it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, no. That being said, like I'm taking I'm taking the Buccaneers in that one. Like like you mentioned, like the the Bucks offense has been really rolling. What Brady's been able to do over the past few weeks, in particular, is impressive. And you know, I, I don't know if the Saints offense has been you know hidden as high of a gear. As for the Chiefs and Browns game, I I do think there's a pathway for the Browns to win because the, the Chiefs defense is not that, or excuse me, their run defense hasn't been that great this year. Nick Chubb is a monster. And Mahomes has, you know, they, he led the league in turnover worthy plays and it turned the ball over a lot. But he's prone to making mistakes. I can see the Browns like pulling off the upset, but I'm still going to take the Chiefs. Like if they win this one, then, it, I, you know, no one's going to be surprised. So did you just say that he, he, he makes almost turnovers, but they're not? Yeah, like a lot of times, like when a quarterback throws the ball to a defensive back and it bounces off his chest, like it should have been picked off, stuff like that. 
I don't think that counts as a turnover. So I think the Chiefs it doesn't. Are going to it doesn't. Win. It doesn't. I'm saying. I'm saying, Ryan. If a quarterback throws the ball to you and you don't catch it, it's like okay, he's a defensive player. Like that happens. But if you catch the ball, the game changes. No, nah, you're right. But yeah, for some reason, a lot of times they don't catch it. <laughs> yeah, know? I I don't know what it is either. He's he's Mahomes. Probably throwing nice. too hard. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's that it's that spin rate. We 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 know that Patrick Mahomes has that baseball background. Maybe he's been hanging out with Trevor Bauer in the off season, and they've been working Our on that spin rate. rate. You know, it, I, my, my spin rate wasn't good enough, Ryan. You have to touch a sore subject. It wasn't. It wasn't good enough. That's why I'm here talking out here with you guys. So uh, <laughs> either way, you know, it, it's been a fun run as always. We, we have our picks. They're in for the divisional round. Hopefully, four games this weekend will be enough to satisfy that appetite. And we're going to come back to you as always. We'll rehash everything next week. And fellas, like I said, it was a good run today. And that's going to put a wrap on this Wednesday edition of the Ringer NFL show with Ryan and Kalen and myself. And as always, we're part of the Ringer Podcast Network. And you can follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Also, jump over on Twitter and follow us at the Ringer NFL. Now, next on the Thursday edition of the Ringer NFL show, it's Warren Sharp and Joe House, divisional round preview and betting insights, hoping to put some greenbacks in your pockets. And this weekend, make a note because immediately after the final division game, Saturday and Sunday, the Ringer NFL show, well, they're going to be going live. So make sure you subscribe to the Ringer's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash the Ringer and following the Ringer on Twitter. Once again, that's at the Ringer NFL. Now, Saturday, the show's going to feature Kevin Clark and Ryan Rosillo. And then Kevin, he's back at it again on Sunday with Nora Princiati. And uh, like I said, we're going to come back to you. We'll be in our regular time slot next Tuesday. We're going to rehash all the divisional round. And we're going to look ahead, of course, to Championship Sunday, the best day in all of professional sports. So until then, for Ryan and Kaylin, I'm Cole. We'll see you next Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.